Hey everybody, welcome to Noah's Window. I hope you're having a wonderful Monday already. Mary Alice and I have what I hope is an interesting idea for all the days this week. And that is we want to bring you our top five favorite one sentence prayers in the Bible. A couple of reasons why I want to do this. Number one is many people have the idea that prayer is a whole lot more complicated than it is. And if you've ever been part of a traditional church, you know that prayer sometimes really kind of has a jargon. You know, people talk to other people with a particular style of language, but then when they pray, all of a sudden the language becomes very different. And I'm not knocking that. I, I know that there are all kinds of thinking on that kind of thing. It, it, I think it just confuses, though, a lot of people who want to pray but feel like maybe they don't know the language. Well, let's start with this. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans chapter 8 that no, nobody knows how to pray. You know, we make our attempt and then the Holy Spirit translates our attempt uh, to communicate it to the Father. So the first reason that I want to just share with you some one-sentence prayers is I want you to see that there were people in the Bible who just simply spoke out a concern that they had or a request that they had to God, and then God answered those prayers. The second reason why I want us to count down these top five favorite one-sentence prayers is that each one of these, I think, is something that we can employ in our lives. You know, you can wake up at two or three o'clock in the morning and you can just feel the need to pray, but I don't know how you are. I can be just a little bit groggy and, and I'm trying to think through what I need to say. And I thought it'd be good to have these five one-sentence prayers because uh, we're going to need them. We're going to need them all at some point in our life if you don't, in fact, need the, all five of them today. So let's count them down. Here is number five. And this is from the book of 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 14. And it's just one simple sentence. Then Elisha prayed. Here we go. O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. Backstory. Elisha is God's prophet. And he is the prophet of God to the nation of Israel, which is very wicked at this time. And even though Israel is wicked, God is helping them. And he's helping them not so much through their king, but through the prophet Elisha. And this is more information really perhaps than we need today. But just to give you a little summary of why this makes sense. Uh, the king of Syria is wanting to attack Israel. But God is revealing to the prophet Elisha where the Syrian attack is going to come from. So Elisha goes and tells the king of Israel, who is a wicked man, but still he's Israel's king. He tells the king of Israel where the Syrian king is going to attack. And every time the Syrians try to attack Israel, the Israeli army is poised and ready to defend. And so uh, the king of Syria is upset with his generals. He figures that one of them is a spy. And he called them in and he said, which one of you guys is on the payroll of the king of Israel? And he went over the problem. Every time we try to attack them, their army is waiting for us. And one of his generals said, sir, it's, um, it's not one of us that's disloyal. There's a preacher down there, and he tells the king uh, whatever we're planning to do. And so the king of Syria said, well, there's no sense in letting one preacher get in our way. And so he sends his entire army down to kill Elisha, God's prophet. Elisha has a servant named Gehazi. And uh, when Gehazi opens the drapes, that morning, he looks out and he sees the whole Syrian army in his subdivision, and he's freaking out. Elisha is very calm, 
And I'm sure Gehazi couldn't figure out why Elisha was so calm when they were surrounded by the whole Syrian army. And that's when Elisha prayed this one sentence prayer, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And then the verse goes on to say that when God opened Gehazi's spiritual vision, Gehazi could see that the hills around them were surrounded by the angel, the angel army of God. You know, we sing about the angel armies of God at New Spring sometimes. Well, this is what the Bible is talking about. But I want to go back to that one sentence prayer. Oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. Every one of us has somebody in our life that is making bad choices or maybe making short-sighted uh, decisions. Someone who's making life decisions and choices that are very, very unwise. And when we try to talk to them and explain it to them, they can't see. You know, there's a point many times when we've said everything we know to say. We've, we've done everything we know to do, and we're just not getting through. All of us are going to have that experience. It may be with a friend, maybe with a coworker, maybe with someone who works for us. Could be with a spouse, could be with a kid. But we're all going to have that moment where we reach a roadblock. We, we reach a wall. And the truth be told, the person that we're trying to get through to just can't see what he or she needs to see in order to make wise choices. This is a great prayer. You know, when you've done everything you know to do, say this one sentence to God. Oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. Oh, Lord, open her eyes and let her see. That's what's needed. You know, oftentimes we want to, we want to sort of uh, put our course of action on someone else and get them to do what we want them to do. But far more important than us getting someone to do what we want them to do is for that person to see and understand what they need to see and understand. And you know, oftentimes only God can do that. You know, I've made so many state mistakes in my life trying to get someone to act without seeing what they needed to see. So as we count down these one sentence prayers, my guess is you probably know someone in your life that you need to pray this prayer for. And you know, here's what I discover about these people in our lives. Oftentimes we find ourselves coming to the place where we don't know what to pray. And frequently it's because we're trying to figure out what outcome to pray for. Well, that's God's business. The important thing is for that person to see what they need to see. So I wanna leave you with um, one of my favorite prayers when I'm in this situation. Oh Lord, open his eyes. Oh Lord, open her eyes that they may see. Uh, our God answered this prayer for Elisha. And you know, I believe he'll answer this prayer if we pray it in faith and pray it with patience. And that's important too. You know, sometimes we can give up too early. Uh, I was um, I was listening to an old sermon that I brought. You know, uh, I preached so many hundreds of sermons at New Spring. Every once in a while, someone will talk about an old series, and I'll barely remember the series myself. And that happened the other day. Someone was mentioning a series, and I thought, well, my goodness, I'll, I guess I'll just go to the archives and pull that series out and see what I said. And while I was listening to one of the sermons, <clears throat> I told a story that it kind of gone to the back of my mind. I haven't thought about it in a good while. I told the story of uh, when I was about 13 years old, uh, there was a family who came to our church, the church my dad pastored for the first time, and there was a boy who was about six months younger than I. And the first service, or maybe the second service, one of the first services that the family was there, 
he was sitting next to me in the service and I could tell he was moved by my dad's message. And in the invitation, I asked him if he would like to go forward with me. And he did. We went forward. He talked with my dad. We knelt at the altar and my dad led him to the Lord. And we became good friends. We became best friends. But when he got into high school, and this was the oldest story in the books, he got with the wrong crowd. And it wasn't long before he was doing a lot of drinking and using a lot of drugs. And he dropped out of church and just started getting into scrape after scrape and trouble after trouble, got into some trouble with the law and just went downhill real fast. And that was the case, I guess, from high school years all the way through my young adult years. But I remember as I was getting ready to leave uh, Fort Worth and come to Wichita, the last week I, I was really moved to go talk to some of the kids I'd grown up with in my church who were out of church because I thought I'm, I'm moving to Kansas and, and I never have lived in Fort Worth since. That, that, was, that was wise of me to do that, I guess. But I thought, I just want to go and sit down and, and make one more appeal with the friends I'd grown up with to try to get them back in church. And so this young man was on my list. I think it was one of the last nights that Mary Alice and I were here before we moved to, to Wichita. And we went to this old house to see him in in a very decrepit part of Fort Worth. I mean, you know, it was kind of like, what you can imagine is like a whole bunch of people living in an old rundown house. If it had been 10 years early, we would have called them hippies, but it was too late for hippies in 1985. So uh, we went there and, and I knocked on the door and you could tell there's a lot of loud cursing and stuff and crazy stuff. And out came my friend, shirtless, um, shoeless, drinking a beer. Um, and he came out and I, I just said, hey, I'm called him my name and just said, I love you and getting ready to move to Kansas. And I just want to come see you before I move and try to get you to get back following God. And I remember he laughed at me. Now I had talked to him many times before and he'd never done that before. He laughed at me and he said to me, you're crazy. Why do you keep coming to talk to me? Why don't you just give up on me? I mean, don't you know I'm gone? I mean, he just laughed at me. And that hurt so much. I'll be honest with you. I really did give up on him. I thought, well, he's just a lost cause. I'm ashamed that I did. Oh, a number of years passed. My goodness, that was in 1985. And it was the new building. Uh, I'm guessing it was somewhere around 2004 or 5. I was sitting in my office one Sunday afternoon. And all of a sudden, I got a phone call. I answered the phone. And... He gave his name. It was this young man. He said, hey, Mark. He said, uh, I know we haven't talked in a long time, but he said, I just kind of want to let you know what's going on with my life. He said, you know, I kind of bumped along the bottom back there when you came to talk to me and took a while. But he said, I, I met a, a, a woman who's a godly Christian woman and, and uh, she was patient with me. And he said, but the one thing she demanded if we were going to date was I had to get back in church. And he said, I got back in church. And he said, God just really began to move in my life. And he said, uh, I got straight with God, got right with God, and all the junk that was in my life, I let it go. And he said, I began to grow. And he said, you know, I've been volunteering in my church. I'm a deacon now. And he said, I just want to let you know, I just got back from the prison where I was doing some preaching. And he said, I've, I've been watching you online. I just wanted to call and reach out. Well, I had two emotions. Number one, I was overjoyed. But the second emotion I had was a little embarrassment for giving up. 
Because that night when he laughed at me and said, why don't you just quit and give up on me? I'm afraid that I kind of did. But you know, he, he didn't need me to give up on him right then. He needed me to pray this one sentence prayer. Oh Lord, open his eyes that he may see. There's somebody in your life and my life right now who needs us to pray this prayer. Let's pray right now. Father God, thank you for the time that we have on Noah's window and how you uh, work in our lives every day. And Lord, thank you for answering this prayer so many times. First of all, thank you for opening, uh, answering the prayer and opening my own eyes and continuing to open my eyes. But Father, I pray uh, for not only the ones in my life that I would pray this prayer for, but I pray right now in agreement with my brothers and sisters on Noah's window for all the people who are being prayed for right now, this one says prayer, oh Lord, open their eyes that they may see. Would you please answer that prayer? In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. Well, thanks for joining us today on Noah's window. We'll be back tomorrow to count down one sentence prayers in the Bible. Mary Alice is my favorite tomorrow, number four. See you soon. Thank you.